Hey there, I'm Nunzea, and this is Market Scale Grow, a podcast created for ambitious teacherpreneurs looking to have a bigger impact on the world, achieve freedom, flexibility, and ultimately make more money. With weekly strategy sessions and inspiring stories from fellow teachers just like you, my goal here is to help you create a customized marketing strategy so you can grow your teacher business beyond your wildest dreams. Okay, so before we jump into the episode, I am super excited to share a brand new freebie with you. It's my targeting ideas for Facebook ads. If you've dabbled in Facebook ads or you've done them and you've tried them and you're just looking for some fresh inspiration for your audiences, this freebie is for you. I share my top Facebook ad targeting groups for you so that you can have inspiration and find those people that are perfect for what you have to offer. From warm audiences to cool lookalike audiences to cold interest-based audiences, I cover all three in this freebie. Head to marketscalegrow.com forward slash audiences to grab your copy today. Welcome to Market Scale Grow. Today is a Saturday strategy session. I'm your host, Jen Zaya, and I have a special guest with me today. I am talking with Chelsea Hall from Chelsea Hall Social all about organic Pinterest strategy. I am an avid Pinterest user. I pinned all the wedding things, all the baby things. I pin recipes and quotes and inspirations. I'm constantly working on my mood boards and my vision boards, and they're all hidden away though, because I do know just a tiny bit about the business side, but I'm sure as you can tell by this uh, conversation we're about to dive into, I am a total beginner when it comes to Pinterest. So Chelsea is an expert and she helps me to better understand the Pinterest basics. Before we dive in, just so you know a little bit more about her, Chelsea helps teacherpreneurs strategically grow their email lists, generate quality leads, and increase website traffic with the power of Pinterest. When she's not geeking out over Pinterest, you can find her spending time with family, working out, or exploring new restaurants. So without further ado, let's dive in and learn all about getting started on Pinterest. Good morning, Chelsea. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Um, You're so welcome. I'm excited to chat with you. Um, For anyone who doesn't know who you are, can you give us a bit of a introduction to and your business? Yeah. So I'm Chelsea Hall from Chelsea Hall Social. I own a Pinterest marketing um, company where I help TPT sellers strategically grow their email list, generate leads, and increase website traffic. Um, I am a former first grade teacher turned Pinterest strategist, um, and now I get to still help teachers um, connect with students or TPT sellers um, connect with students and teachers and make an impact in that way rather than actually having my foot in the door myself. Yay. Well, I'm so excited to talk with you about Pinterest. Uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but it's my nemesis. I (laughs) fall in the category of I don't understand Pinterest as a business owner. And so I'm excited to hear all of your wisdom. For someone like me, where should I start? 
Great question. Well, to get started on Pinterest, um, one of the biggest things is to, is something so simple is making sure that if you're getting started on Pinterest for business is to actually have a business account and not a personal account. Um, There's so many people that start and they think they think they're on Pinterest and yes, you're on Pinterest, but um, you really want to have a business account because the business account will let you um, track analytics, run ads if you want. And if you're selling things, it's actually against Pinterest terms and services to um, be running things under your personal account. So to get started, you want to set up a business account. Um, and then from there, the fun kind of begins. <laughs> I didn't know that you can't sell things through your personal account. So that's yeah. really good information to have. I, and everyone didn't see it, but I like raised my hands. I was really excited. <laughs> I do have a business account. So at least I am. I've got that. I've got that covered. Check. One step in the right direction. There you go. How many boards should I have? Ooh, great question. So I always recommend that clients start with at least 10 boards. Um, You want your boards to be um, directly connected to your ideal audience and the content that you're pushing out. So as a TPT seller, if you um, specialize, let's say, in classroom management, maybe you're going to have some um, like um, classroom management system board, classroom management, just general board, classroom community, maybe social emotional learning. So you really want it to tie um, directly to what the content that you're pushing out. And then you can add boards as you go. So as you're creating blog posts, so maybe you start creating, you know, it's back to school time right now. So you're creating a lot of back to school content and you're realizing, oh, I don't really have a board to put that on. Then I recommend creating like a back to school board or a back to school activities or back to school books, what have you. Um, So there's not really like a dead set, like this is how many boards to have, but starting with 10 is kind of the sweet spot. And what about like where I store all of my recipes and my nursery ideas and my wedding stuff? Am I hiding those boys at boards at this point? Yeah. So if you, um, so you've got your business account all set up, you've created your uh, niche specific boards, and then you can absolutely use your business account as your personal account as well, but you're going to want to secret those boards. Um, because Pinterest is, so it tracks, it, it uses the SEO that you're doing on your board descriptions and titles. And so if you have recipes and nursery stuff and things like that, Pinterest is going to be very confused what you're all about. So you're going to want to secret those boards. So if it's secret, then it doesn't factor into the SEO. It's just kind of like my hidden gems of all the things that I need. Yes. To remember. Nobody will know about your weird things you might be pinning. <laughs> okay. That's good to know. And I think maybe I did that a while ago because my Pinterest was my personal account. And then I switched yep. it to business. Yeah. Um, And I'm a really good Pinterest consumer. I use it all the time as a consumer. So, okay. I'll make sure that they're all secret. Yeah. Uh, And then what about mixing like my content with like other people's content? Yeah. Great question. So when you're starting a new account, there's a lot of um, misinformation, I would say out there where... um, Like, so Pinterest did come out and say that you can only pin your content and that that's fine. However, they never said, don't absolutely don't pin other people's content. 
Pinterest was intended to share other content, to, to pin other people's content. As a user, you're pinning other people's content. So I still fully believe that if, you know, you like another or you want to support another TPT seller's business and you like their back to school book, you know, blog posts and their pins, then pin that to your back to school board and support them. What Pinterest is just saying is that it's okay to only pin yours. But what I do find is with new accounts, it's really helpful to pin other people's content so Pinterest can help. Um, so Pinterest can start to learn what you're all about. And so if you're pinning, you know, back to school activities to your back to school board, then Pinterest is going to start to understand what that board is all about. And it will take a lot, a lot longer to do that with only your content. So especially for newer accounts, pinning other people's content is okay. The biggest thing is that you just don't want to be like, there used to be the same, like the 80, 20 rule, 80 of other people's and 20 of your own. Well, that's, that's you, something you don't want to do. Um, but doing a mix of your content and other people's, that's totally fine. Awesome. Cause I had heard that, um, you shouldn't be pinning and it probably was just a misinterpretation of that. What you said, the Pinterest said you can, you can post only your stuff. Right. But they never said that you can't post others. Like, it's just, you can, if you, if, if that's, you know, all the time you have every week or every month is to just get your stuff out and that's it, then that's totally fine. Um, but pinning in some other people's content to help Pinterest continue to learn like what you're about. That's, that's great. Okay. That sounds good. And like I said, as a consumer, I can definitely do that because (laughs) finding things that like interest me, I've already got that skill nailed down. So yeah, perfect. You said at the beginning that you help TPT sellers grow their email list and generate leads. How can you use Pinterest to do that? Yeah, great question. So one of my favorite ways um, to use Pinterest is to grow your email list. And so what we do is we will create um, a handful of pins that lead directly to your opt-ins. So, you know, creating pins that say, you know, grab the freebie. So having like a strong CTA on your pins or download the guide or, or those types of things. Um, so leading directly to your lead magnets or another great way is to embed those freebies within your um, blog post. So leading traffic to your blogs and then having a way to capture your um, customer's email list through there. And that almost is a, a better way to do it. Um, because once they're reading their blog posts, they start to trust you and they start to be like, Oh, I like this person and they know what they're saying. So I wonder what their free content is all about. And then they're more likely to hand over their email for you. Which is very similar to Facebook ad strategy. We'll run ads to the free opt-in or to a blog post. Very, very similar. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, and now the question I'm a little bit afraid of, how has the algorithm changed and how can we navigate these changes that seem to be constant? Well, I'm going to throw it back in, at you and say, how has the algorithm not changed? <laughs> um, so there has been so many changes and I don't think there's ever been this many changes in a, in a year's time span. 
um, ever on Pinterest. And so there's definitely been a ton of changes. One of the biggest changes this year has been idea pins, formerly known as story pins. Um, and it's kind of put everybody in an uproar of like, you know, now I have to do this. And, you know, and then the other big buzzword of Pinterest is fresh pins. And so the biggest thing that you need to be aware of is that if you're going to be using Pinterest as part of your marketing strategy is that you need to be continuously pushing out fresh content. So that means that you need to have a content strategy in place, such as creating blog posts weekly, um, creating freebies, having opportunities to share your knowledge, Um, you could link back to your YouTube videos, to your podcasts, but you want to have an abundance of content, um, because Pinterest is really thriving on fresh content right now. So, um, making sure that you have a lot to pull from and then creating a lot of images for each of those pieces of content. And then idea pins is another big new one. Um, and so giving those a go to help boost engagement and followers, um, because Pinterest is really pushing idea pins right now. Okay. So what is fresh content? Like how is that quantified or qualified by Pinterest? Yeah. So a fresh pin is a brand new URL and a brand new image. Like that's the freshest of fresh. Um, and then it's also though considered fresh using that same URL, but a new image. So you could have one blog post and making a handful of images and those are all considered fresh. What Pinterest really wants us to get away from is creating those five images and then just repinning those a million times over and over again. That just looks very spammy. So what Pinterest wants is for that way, if somebody's scrolling through the feed, they don't just see that same image over and over again. They're seeing new content in the, or in their eyes, it's new content, even though it might be the same URL. Right. And that makes sense because if people are seeing different images, then it's like new brand touch points. And yeah. And and you can target different pain points and stuff. Like, you know, it could be, you could do like a how to type title and then like a must have, or like the ultimate guide to, and you're going to attract different audiences or different like eyes to, to be like, Oh, that spoke to me or that spoke to me, you know? So, um, having an abundance of pins for one URL might pull in different people that, you know, you, you wouldn't be able to pull in just with one. And then could you use those same images for your opt-in, but then also for the blog post that goes with the opt-in? Can you, can you do that? You could, but what I would recommend is making, um, images for the blog post and then images for the opt-in. So that way you have even more fresh, fresh pins going out. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Because the fresh content is prioritized by the algorithm? Yes. Yes. Okay. And then story story pins, idea pins, what are they? Sorry. They're now called idea pins. They were formerly story pins. And are they like kind of like Instagram stories? Yes. So they're very similar to Instagram stories, but Instagram stories is a lot more like informal where it's like, Hey, I'm, you know, stopping at Tim Hortons to get my donut. And then I'm going to get my child from daycare. And you're like, you're, it's kind of more like behind the scenes and you're, you know, whatnot. And whereas, um, idea pens are more, um, not professional, but like they're more so there to inspire and educate. So you want them to be a series of slides. You can use up to 20 slides right now. Pinterest is recommending eight to 10, 
Um, each slide can be up to a minute long. Um, you, so you want to use a mix of video and static images and um, really going through, like you can repurpose a blog post. So again, back to those, like if you had um, 10 SEL books for back to school, you could do an idea pin of like three SEL books for back to school. So just repurposing a blog post that you already have in place. That makes sense. And is there a preference to video or static images? Um, so I really recommend diversifying your content. So doing a mix of video and static. Um, so with video, you're going to attract a certain audience and with static, you're going to attract a certain audience. So, um, you know, video is really hot right now. People, it makes people stop the scroll. They're like, Ooh, what's that? It catches their eye. That's why reels are so hot right now is because it stops people in their tracks and they're like, they want to watch it. They want to learn more. A lot of people are more, um, you know, it's a visual versus having to read somebody's like feed post on Instagram type of a thing. So yeah, that makes sense. I agree with that too, of the different content will attract different people, just like the different pain points will attract different people. So we'll try sure. to get as many of those different ones as you can, will just increase your audience. Yeah, totally. Is Pinterest a social media? No, it's not. It's it's a search engine, but I will say that Pinterest is getting more social um, with these idea pins coming out and like having engagement be more important and followers. And then a month ago, they uh, troubleshooted doing like Pinterest lives, um, which we don't know if they're going to be coming back or not. They just did it with a few creators. Um, so it's not a social media platform, but it's it is going in the direction of being more social. Because it it really is a visual search engine by like design, right? Yeah. So so you go to Pinterest to get inspired, to get to get you know your problem solved, so to speak. So I'm going to Pinterest. You know, the other day it was rainy, and I don't know if you saw my Instagram, but I I tried this like toddler activity with toilet paper and blue tape, and it was a fail. But I was, I went to Pinterest because it was rainy and I was looking rainy day toddler activities, how to keep my toddler entertained, how like those types of things. So I'm going there to look for solutions to my problem. Whereas on Instagram, you can't really type in rainy day activities. Like sure, you could do a hashtag and you like might find some things, but it's very different. Whereas on Pinterest, you're automatically going to be fed ideas and blog posts. Right, right, right. And They've had followers and like messages for a long time, but um, it's it's not the same as like Facebook or Instagram, where that's almost like the the purpose of the platform. Right. So followers are starting to matter more because how followers work is like if you're following my account, my pins are going to show up in your feed because you're following me, and then if you repin my content then your followers are going to see that repin. And so it's like a, a, a cycle where, you know, if you, ha- if you're a follower of the follower and then they're going to show you your pin. So it's kind of like a, a nice little vicious circle. Um, so followers, they, they matter and they don't. Again, as Pinterest becomes a little more social, followers are starting to matter more and more. Um, and I, I have a feeling that Pinterest is going to start pushing for followers to matter more and more. But right now, it's not something that I would have be like your focus. You know, I've heard from a lot of people, people are feeling discouraged by Pinterest. And 
the matter is, is that Pinterest, yes, has changed. But the thing is, is Pinterest is still working very well. We just have to adjust with what we're doing. Um, so again, going back to the fact that you might have to work on your content strategy, you might have to be producing more blogs. So that way you have more content to pull from to create pin images for, um, you know, again, p- with the changes, idea pins are really being pushed right now. And yes, they take more time, but if Pinterest is something that you really want to have work, you have to embrace the changes. I mean, I could do a reel that takes me like 45 minutes to do, and it's so silly. And I'm like, you know, there's all these, these reels ideas. And I'm like, people make this look so easy. And I'm trying to do like, you know, the the one little hand movement one that's right now. And I'm like, "Mm, can't do that. So I'm going to pass on that. So reels take time. Things take time, um, but they're effective. You know, they do work. So you got to, you got to remember that um, these platforms, whether it's Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, they're going to continue, continue to evolve and they're going to continue to stretch us. Pinterest doesn't care that it takes us time. Instagram could care less that it takes you an hour to make a reel. They don't care. Um, and they're there for the user experience. You know, they're, they're there to make the user's experience better. And Instagram knows that people love reels right now. So they're pushing for them. They're, you know, idea pins are being pushed right now. So Pinterest is not dead. It's, it's doing great. We just have to embrace the changes. Uh, you said something in there that made me really like think about it because all these platforms, the main goal is to keep people on the platform. And so going back to like that fresh content, I know that that was like a big, angry mob experience that happened when they really started pushing the fresh content. But if you think about Pinterest's goal of keeping people on the platform, if people are just repinning the same thing, like you said, those old pins they're not going to keep people on the platform. If you're seeing like, I already saw this pin like 12 times on the same board, it's going to make you click away from the platform. And Pinterest, the sole goal that they have is to keep people on the platform. And so you're right. They don't care how much time it takes you. The end goal is people are on Pinterest for longer. That's what we want. And so when you think about it from that perspective, it's not that they hate you. It's that they are trying to like make money and stay alive as a business. Yeah. And and bring it back to the user. Like yes. for you and I looking for toddler activities and you know recipes and whatnot, like how we use it, we want to have a variety and options. I don't want to see the same guacamole recipe 17 times. I want options that I can pull from. Yes. That's really true too. I know you really focus on organic strategy, but is Pinterest becoming a pay to play platform? Great question. And I would say, yes, I would say, well, not a hundred percent. Yes. Um, you, they are prioritizing ads. Like they, they're, they're pushing their users to use ads and they'll like do little pop-ups like, you know, Oh, did you want to try an ad today? Or like, they'll send out an email here and there. Like, would you like to hop on a call with an ad specialist? And like, so they, they do push it. Um, but with all of my clients, they're all organic management and we're getting like thousands of sessions to their websites using an organic strategy. Now, with that being said, if you have like 
um, a, a product that you really want to push or you, you really want to boost your sales, like going the ads route, of course, is going to, you know, give you that, um, ROI that you want, but the organic side is very, is very much still like alive and well, just like on Instagram and Facebook. I mean, you as a Facebook ad strategist, you know, that like, that's going to increase, you know, email signups and, and, uh, sales, but, or an organic um, Instagram and Facebook strategy strategy is still very vital and and can do wonders for an account as well. So um, I think all the accounts are going for they're money hungry. I mean, they're all greedy. They all want to make money. Um, But I think there's still an organic side to all of them that, um, but it takes time. Like you have to be more patient with all of these platforms, you know, that, the organic side of things. I tell my clients three, six, nine months before you see, you know, the traction that you want. Yeah. And I talk a lot about holistic marketing strategy and having both the organic and the paid pieces playing together and like working off of each other. And you've talked a lot about like weekly blogs and having that. And that's really, really important with the like Facebook side of things too, is having that fresh content that you can push people to so that they can learn more about you and get nurtured that way is very right. similar. And having, if you don't have all those pieces, then the, you can pay as much as you want and it's, it may not do anything. Right. Right. Totally. Yep. Absolutely. And also the long game saying like three, six or nine months before you start to see things. I think me, at least I want to see the results like now. And so it can be really hard when you're like, I have to wait nine months. Right. Right. And it, and it is, you, you're putting blood, sweat and tears into the game and you're, you're, you know, you're not seeing results. You're not seeing results. And then all of a sudden months, six, seven, eight, nine come along. You're like, Oh, this was worth it. But at first it's, it can be discouraging and you can be like, you know, you're writing a blog post and another blog post and you're putting on Pinterest and you're like, this isn't doing anything for me. And then all of a sudden it does. And you're like, ah, this is, this is what it's all about. So that patience is key, but I am the same way. I want those numbers. I want that instant gratification. I mean, that's why people love reels because you put a reel up and you get like a thousand views and you put a static pin up and you get 30. (laughs) (laughs) So I mean, I I get it. So I, I get the difference, you know? Absolutely. Oh, it can be so frustrating. Yeah, totally. Um, so I know you have a freebie for listeners. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I have a beginner's guide to getting started on Pinterest. It kind of walks you through it. Seven steps to getting started on Pinterest. It walks you through start to finish setting up that Pinterest pin, or setting up that business account, um, setting up your boards using keyword research. And then I also have one other freebie of um, a free... TPT seller, um, content planning guide where it walks you through every month that tells you what you should be pinning that month because people on Pinterest are planners. So, um, you know, your back to school stuff, you want to start pinning that back in like June rather than, you know, right now, right in the moment. So you want to think about pinning, um, 30, 60, 90 days out. So I set up a content planning guide to kind of direct you to, um, when to push out which type of content. Yes. 
so important because it takes time for Pinterest to like catalog it too, right? Yep. And yep. It takes time to index it. And then it's so, yeah. So just knowing when to push something out. So you're not missing the mark. Like right now we're already starting to think about Christmas. Like what? <laughs> I know <laughs> it's, it, it's insane. I mean, I went to target and it's like, you're already got Halloween costumes out. And I'm like, wait, it's still summer. I'm still out tanning. Like, and now I'm, I'm going to get back to school before Halloween starts. I know. Right. Yeah. Well, they've already, they, they put back to school out like June 15th. I mean, <laughs> I haven't even finished school. school yet. Yeah. We're not even out of school and it's already back to school. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's so crazy. I know there are people that finish school in May. I, where I am, we don't finish till the end of June. So you saying like June 15th, we literally actually went still be in school. Yeah, no, I know it is ridiculous, but yeah, just keeping in mind that people on Pinterest are planners. Like a lot of like, um, food bloggers, they are already pushing their Thanksgiving recipes, you know? Um, cause people want to already start thinking about it, you know? Well, and if you get the content out this early, then it gives time for the indexing to happen, but it also will catch all of the people, the people who are early planners. And then the ones that are waiting until like the last minute, whereas if you wait till the last minute, then you're going to miss the early planners. And with the indexing, you might miss everyone. Right. Right. Seriously. Yeah, for sure. So you want to have a content strategy again, that like, that considers that like thinking about when to push things out. So that's cool. So you have the beginner's guide with the seven steps and then also a content strategy. like A content list. planner. Yep. A content okay. planner. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And where can people connect with you? Yeah. So you can find me. My website is um, chelseahallsocial.com. My Instagram is chelseahallsocial. I'm very active on Instagram. So if you send me a DM, happy to chat um, on there. And those are really the two main places to learn more about me and my services. Perfect. Well, I am so excited that we had this chance to chat. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Today was brought to you by Dubsado, my absolute favorite customer management tool. If you're looking to streamline and systematize your service-based business, I highly recommend Dubsado. For 20% off of your first month, head to marketscalegrow.com forward slash Dubsado, D-U-B-S-A-D-O, and use the code Genzea at checkout. And don't forget to head to our community at marketscalegrow.com forward slash community where you'll find inspiring, ambitious teacherpreneurs who are looking to grow and scale their businesses just like you. See you soon.